Roger, and you're alive and clear here also. Ignition sequence start. Three, two, one. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hey, it's a joy to be with you guys, uh, Dr. Hammer, Dr. Bradford. It is a joy to be able to talk to you guys uh, and explore a little bit about natural laws, gravity. And uh, before we get into that, I just want you to just tell a little bit about who you are. Yes, I'm uh, an attorney and a CPA. I graduated from Harvard Law School. I attended Harvard Divinity School. Uh, I'm also a certified diesel mechanic. And I've taught 15 years astronomy here at Evangel. I'm just curious, diesel mechanic. Where'd that come from? Uh, we have a sailboat on a lake. And so you just said, I'm gonna know well, how to fix say, it. if you want something done, you gotta learn how to do it yourself. <laughs> Perfect. So, <laughs> then I've taught a fifth grade Sunday school class for 35 years. That I love. I love <laughs> the faithfulness of teaching in the church. And speaking of the church, Dr. Bradford, I know you're a pastor. You went to the University of Minnesota. I know your story gets there, so I'm That's curious. Right. Go Gophers. Yes. Yeah, I earned a PhD in aerospace engineering at the University of Minnesota. And I was leading a little Bible study during that time, and it grew to nearly 100. And then that was, though, a change of direction for me. You know, when I graduated there, the decision not to pursue a career in engineering and to go into vocational ministry. So I'm still doing that now. And really, you are a rocket scientist. Then, yeah. I mean, yeah. I thank God that you're in the ministry, and I thank God that you guys are on the, the side of the things of the Lord. Just real quick, talk to me about finding faith. Dr. Bradford, how'd you, how'd you come to faith in Jesus Christ? I grew up in this. Um, my dad was not a pastor, but he was like the most active volunteer in every church we were ever in. It's a great world model. He taught me you don't have to be a pastor to be a minister. And yeah. so, you know, people do ask me, well, well didn't studying science take your faith away? Because, you know, the new atheism is saying science and religion are, are not only they're incompatible, incompatible yeah. but they're enemies of one another sure. now. I hate the way it's being characterized. It's so not true. It actually strengthened my faith, studying science. Just because we know how the universe, or learning how the universe works, doesn't mean we still don't need a designer. And I would walk out of classes at the U of M, like feeling I'd been in a worship service. I mean, what an amazing God we serve, what an amazing universe he created. And I actually had a faith-growing experience by studying the sciences. I can tell you, I never felt that in science class, but I love that you did. <laughs> you missed the revelation, I guess. I loved it. So, Dr. Hammer, how'd you, how'd you make this Well, happen? I was a mediocre student in high school, and uh, I got into a college. And after two years, my grades were like this, Bs and Cs mostly, and I almost dropped out, but I had nothing to do. So I went back for my junior year, and within weeks, I met the most beautiful, awesome, outstanding, wonderful, unimprovable woman I'd ever known, my wife. <laughs> I was going to say, you better be saying your wife right <laughs> now. Right. So she was, she'd been a Christian for four months. The joy of the Lord, all these years later, still permeates her. And she invited me to church. I, I was an atheist at this point in my life. And, you know, Paul says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I'm hearing the gospel for the first, it has a power and a resonance to it. And I, did, I didn't understand it. It took me about six weeks before I understood. And I stumbled forward at an altar call and prayed the sinner's prayer. My life was transformed at that moment in time. 
Paul says, old things had passed away, all things had become new. And uh, it, I started the journey then that I've been on ever since. The series is called Gravity, and uh, we're talking about breaking the, the power of gravity in your own spiritual life. So let's look at this natural phenomenon with gravity, and let's look at how it applies to the spiritual life. Give me your thoughts on gravity. I brought a rock with me from our yard, and if I held this rock out and let go, what would happen? It would fall, it would to, fall the to the ground. Right to the ground. But the question is, why would it fall to the ground? Look at it. You, you read, there's no strings, there's no magnetism, no electricity. What, what is this force? It's invisible, it's undefined, and it's mysterious. The ancient world considered it a mystery. There's no way to explain this. Even at the time in the 17th century of Isaac Newton, the greatest scientist of all time, he did not understand it, and that haunted him until his death. He, couldn't, yeah. he didn't know what caused gravity. He could explain it in his universal law of gravitation, that gravity is basically the product of the masses of two objects, and it decreases by the reciprocal of the distance squared. So it's the inverse square law. It diminishes quickly. Your body right now is attracting and being attracted by galaxies a billion light years away. And I've always thought that about me. <laughs> I've always thought that. <laughs> but it's very it's very weak, no. but it's, it's well, thanks. And, and not measurable. <laughs> but it, but it's there. Uh, that's the amazing thing. And it was, you know, Newton explained a lot about gravity, but he never understood the mechanism by which this rock falls to the ground or why we're sitting here today. And that came in 1915 in the general theory of relativity by Albert Einstein. There are four fundamental forces in the universe. One of them is gravity. Now there is electromagnetism, that is light and radio waves and x-rays. And then there's the strong and the weak nuclear forces, which operate within the core of an atom. And uh, of those four forces, gravity is the weakest of them. It's about 10 to the 37th power weaker than electromagnetism. That's, that's 100 trillion, trillion, trillion times weaker. We demonstrate this in our kitchens. If you have young kids, when they came home from school with an A paper, you slap it on the refrigerator door with a little two-ounce magnet. Sure. Now think about that. Now, like when I got a C, my parents, oh, look at it, he's doing so well, and they put that That's on the, the side of the refrigerator. <laughs> right. The A's go on the front. Okay. <laughs> uh, and so, but the point is, you're demonstrating by putting that paper on the refrigerator, held up by a two-ounce magnet, that magnetism is offsetting and outweighing the entire gravity of planet Earth, 10 to the 25th power pounds, uh, a trillion, trillion pounds of mass is being offset and outweighed by that little magnet. And so we know that that, that demonstrates how much stronger electromagnetism is than uh, gravity. And gravity is just the outlier. It's just like we can't for the life of, ours, uh, of us figure out what it is, how it functions. Um, you know, I, 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 love, I love what it says in Colossians chapter 1 and in Hebrews chapter 1. Say so God holds all things together by the yes. power of his word. God must be holding this together mm -hmm. within, with something that even the most brilliant minds can't figure yes. out. You're absolutely right. The fine-tuning of the universe, hundreds of parameters now have been identified that it, it, they can't be explained. And so what, what is the, 
what does the secular mind or scientist do? Well, you know, we can explain this by multiverses, that there's an infinite number of multiverses and we just happen to be in the one where this happens. You know, it's just, it's uh, irrational, the views they come up with because they refuse to acknowledge God or God's creative power. Pastor Rob, I think a lot about gravity as a pastor. Yeah. Because I'm aware every time people come walking into the, our sanctuary, our auditorium on Sunday morning, they're just being pulled down. Yeah. By all kinds of things. You know, I'm not a physical rocket science anymore. Aerospace engineering is preoccupied with one thing. It's overcoming gravity. Uh, and um, I'm kind of preoccupied with that as a pastor as well. It's just... Any, all the way from discouragement to depression to addiction to, to relational and family problems that seem to have no solution. Um, the, 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 there's, there's gravity to life itself. It's not only holding our bodies down, but it's holding some of our spirits so down. And it's holding our potential down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I still consider myself, even though I'm not a rocket scientist by vocation, I'm still in the overcoming gravity business because mm-hmm. I just believe that the God who's holding the universe together, he also is able to give us lift yes. in this in our lives and overcome the stuff that's pulling us down. Let's talk about that for a second, the amount of lift that it takes, because I'm with you. Yeah. I, I try to have our church be a positive, life-giving place. People are brought down mm-hmm. so much, yeah. so we want to give them hope for the exactly. lift. But we still tell them about the the sin in their life and the things that Jesus wants to forgive them for. I don't think that's bad to tell them about the the gravity that's there, but the 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 ability that He has to break the bondage that's on you. So we tell them the good and we lift them up, but we give them the message. But let's talk about the amount of lift that it takes to break the power of gravity. You talked about a magnet does it on the fridge, but let's talk about getting a rocket into outer space. You need a propellant and an oxidizer. So what that means, propellant, that'd be a fuel, like the big Saturn V rocket for Apollo. You know, the fuel in the first stage was a kind of a kerosene fuel. Second, third stage, it was liquid hydrogen. And then the other oxidizer, because if you're gonna have a combustion in in the heart of that rocket engine, you know, to spew the gases out, uh, you, you need oxygen, of course, for a fire, right? So you have the fuel and the oxygen. I look at the fuel of the Christian life as God's word and the oxygen as the Holy Spirit. And if, if, if God's word and his spirit can combust in our soul, it creates mm. a combustion that really is more powerful. It's the work of the spirit of God with the word of God. God's spirit and his word always work together. And so there's this combustion. And in a real rocket, of course, that combustion forces gases out one end and uh, and Newton's third law says for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And so that creates lift. And that lift is a greater force than, 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 than the force of gravity uh, holding down. And I just see this happen in people's lives. When the Word of God and the Spirit of God come together in their life, we're not playing church. We're not just listening to good speeches. Right. You know, when the Word of God that you preach and the presence of the Holy Spirit come together in our lives and we're honest and serious about those things that are holding us down because you live in denial 
uh, with what's holding you down, you're not going to get anywhere. But if you come honestly about it, bear your soul before God and let the word and spirit come together, it creates a lift in your life that, yes. that can overcome anything. Well, and I'm praying right now as people are listening to this, they're feeling like faith rising up in them yeah. that I can have liftoff. Right. I can yeah. do this. Exactly. I, I, oh, it's beautiful. Just think of the refrigerator magnet. Yeah. Offsetting the gravity of planet Earth. We all have problems. Pliny, the great uh, Roman philosopher, said that be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. Christians are not immune. Right. But when you're going through those battles, to think not about the magnitude of your problem, but that we serve a God who with a one ounce magnet can outweigh the mass of planet Earth. And, and he can do that with, with any problem as well. gravity for a second. Well, the basic idea is when you see shuttle astronauts floating around in the shuttle, people, you ask, why are they floating around? Well, because there's no gravity in space. They're only 100 miles up from the surface of the Earth. That's not the answer. The answer is free fall acceleration. That shuttle is accelerating around the Earth, has just enough velocity to maintain orbit, and that's what has, produces the equivalent, essentially, of uh, zero gravity. Yeah, that's fascinating to me. Gravity's everywhere. Yes. If you're in orbit, you're in constant free fall. And uh, that's that downward acceleration you was talking about. Like if you're in an elevator, yeah. you're on the 50th floor, and it starts going down really fast. You know, it feels like your stomach's oh, yeah. coming up, right? And, and you feel lighter on your feet. If, if it started going fast enough, you'd be floating in that elevator because the elevator would be going down as fast as you are. And I'm thinking you're talking about zero gravity. There isn't zero gravity. They're accelerating at a pace so that it, they're not crashing back to Earth. Yes. I think about people, they say like, oh, I'm just going to coast. You can't coast. No, I can't. If you coast, you crash. That's good. There is a way in which he, he just sort of carries things for us. So there's still gravity operating on us. But God's got us in his care. It's like he's got us in his spaceship. And, 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 and we're not just, we're not weighed down. He begins sustaining those things with his spirit. And it's just kind of like things become more effortless because we're with time learning to, to lean on the strength of the Lord rather than our strength. And it's, it's kind of like, like, you know, we're not being pinned down anymore, but he's, holding us up in, in strength that's really not our own. This is, true. you know, we talk about walking in the Holy Spirit and everything. So I, I see him bringing us kind of that weightlessness into areas of our lives that used to be so weighty and had us pinned down all the time. Really, gravity is our friend. I mean, if gravity wasn't here, we're over. If mm -hmm. gravity's off, it's over. Mm -hmm. But give me other thoughts. Yeah, well, overcoming gravity can actually help us reach our potential. In physics, um, we talk about energy, okay, which is the ability to do work. If I hold this rock here, say just a few feet above the floor, this rock has a certain potential energy. It's the mass of the rock, mathematically, times its height above the floor, times uh, the acceleration of gravity, which for us here would be about 32.2 feet per second squared, right? That's, that's the gravity effect. This we call potential energy. In other words, it has the potential 
to be translated into what we call kinetic energy, which is the ener energy of motion. So if I dropped it, the potential turns into motion, right? Yes. Kinetic energy. All of this happens because of gravity. And I like to think my life, your life, Rich's life, all of our lives still have unrealized potential. Mm -hmm. And as we overcome the obstacles that God gives us, not in our strength, but in the power of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. as we have the hard conversations with people we need to have, as we get, finally get honest with ourselves, as we finally stop living in denial and face real issues in our life, come clean, confession, repent, all these things, allow then that facing of the things that are pulling us down actually can have the opposite effect, not to pull us down, but to turn our potential into actually lived energy in our lives. We can actually grow in meeting our God-given potential. And I do think that, although I usually consider gravity a negative thing, just like you're saying, it's, it can be very positive when it creates resistance that God's spirit helps us overcome. And then we find ourselves just living our potential in a greater way. I just immediately went to astronauts atrophy with their, right. they're not, there's, exactly. no, there's little, no gravity a pull on them. So their muscles start to get weaker. Yes. And so I'm always thinking about breaking the power of gravity. And now I need to be thankful that the struggle of gravity makes me stronger. Makes you stronger. And, and really in life, isn't it? Our struggles make us stronger. Yes, sure. You yes. know, here we have these problems and we get through them. And the Bible says that once we're through them, then we can use them to encourage others. I love that. Give us some insight into gravity and black holes. Is there a spiritual? Yes, it's one of the three classical proofs of the general theory of relativity of Einstein that, that the universe is not some formless void, empty void, but it consists of a integration of the three spatial dimensions of length, height, and width with time to form a fabric of what is called space-time or the four-dimensional space-time continuum. Time itself can be affected by two things, acceleration and gravity or mass. And so the point is, when you're traveling in a jet, in a car down the highway, you're aging more slowly than somebody sitting at home. Now that has a very minimal impact or effect unless you're going at very high relativistic speeds. So that's one way. But another way is, is gravity. The closer you come to a massive object, the slower time travels. And the classic example would be uh, an experiment they did at the Harvard Science Building years and years ago. They had atomic clocks on the top of the fourth floor, the roof, and one in the basement. And sure enough, what they found was the one in the basement tracked time more slowly than, one, than the one in the roof. It was very minimal, right. but it, was, it proved the relativistic di uh, gravitational time dilation. That just makes me think about eternity and the power of God and how time will move. And, you know, that uh, the Bible says, you know, a day is like a thousand yes. years and a thousand years like a day. And it's, we're, we're just kind of getting little glimpses. It's almost yes. like God was giving us riddles that we could barely handle and he's like, wait till you see what it's all about. That, that is a very important point, Pastor. St. Augustine in the fifth century wrote a tract called uh, Vestigia Trinitaria, which is on vestiges of the Trinity. So what he was doing was looking at analogies in nature that prove 
the Trinity. And he, he broadened that, just Christianity in general. But he would use the, the example, for example, of migratory birds. How can we explain a migratory bird flying thousands of miles, coming back to the very place where right. it was hatched? How, how, what, there's still no explanation for that. And it's interesting to me, you look around, and there's so many vestiges. One of them we've talked about today, and that is, why does this rock fall when I let go? We can't feel anything under here. Yeah. It's a vestige that it's an artifact of God's creation. You know, when I, I taught a course at Cambridge University in, in the UK, and I was on one occasion I was given a tour of uh, King's College, a massive chapel, beautiful chapel, one of the most beautiful chapels in Europe. And I was given a Cook's tour. We went way up to the ceiling. And here are masonry tools the masons left 500 years ago when they quit the, when the job was done. Those were artifacts of creation. And God himself leaves artifacts. I think this is one of them. Just, just so that Romans 1 says, no one has excuse when they stand before God today, the judgment seat. Why, why did you not believe? Well, how was I supposed to know there was a God? God has left so many vestiges. We are without excuse. Romans 8, 28, you know, is a favorite verse of many of ours. For we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Yeah. So the all things um, is huge. And a lot of those all things do have spiritual downward gravity to them. But just like a rocket works because of Newton's third law for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Gases go down out of the rocket nozzle and and the... And so the thing lifts, you know, you inflate a balloon and you untie it, air goes out this side, and does that balloon just sit there? No, it goes it flying goes the flying, other direction because yeah. for every action there's equal and opposite reaction. So I call Romans 8.28 sort of Newton's third law plus spiritually. Because I'm aware as a pastor, I'm trying to get people to move from those two words, all things, to the next two words, God works. Mm. And for all things that we face, there's an equal and opposite and even greater reaction from God that can, that can lift us up where the all things are pulling us down. I kind of sometimes think of my role as a pastor as getting people from all things to God works. Yeah. He's not indifferent from us. He's not disconnected here. He, he, he wants to respond to the all things in our lives and give us a lift over everything that's pulling us down. And, and so I'm interested in, you know, we come to church preoccupied with all things, but I want mm -hmm. them to leave church preoccupied with God's working. Because uh, for every action, there's even more an equal and opposite plus reaction from God. Newton's third law plus, plus. <laughs> Romans right. 828. Yes. That's good. That's good. Now, in your uh, office, you have a, a, a picture from an astronaut. Isn't that right? Yeah. Tell me about that. It was James Irwin. Would have been Apollo 15. He was the eighth man to walk on, on the moon. It was the first mission where they used that lunar lander rover, you know, where they could kind of like drive a car on the, a vehicle on the moon's surface. Uh, he, he is a fervent believer. He's passed away now. He was a fervent believer in Jesus Christ. He gave me an autographed picture of himself standing on the moon with the lunar lander and the mm -hmm. lunar rover and the American flag. And on the bottom, he wrote these words. He said, Jesus, 
walking on earth was greater than man walking on the moon. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Yeah, Jesus walking who's on the earth. Been on the moon. From a guy, one of the few human beings who's ever walked on the moon. He said, and all that went into that, the, the, the hundreds of thousands of man hours of work over years that went into pulling off that one feet to get a man on the moon. He said, even greater than that was the fact that God's son would come and walk on our earth. Only a few people have walked on the moon. Yeah. And they can brag about and talk about their feet, but every person that calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. And the reality that he walked on this earth, lived a perfect sinless life, paid the price for our sins, every single person can benefit from that and say the fact that he stepped on this earth, I can be forgiven of my sins. That's a beautiful thing for us. Exactly. Yeah, in fact, we've been talking about gravity, and it's like, like the gravity of our need and our sinfulness actually brought him down to us instead of on our own, us having to overcome everything all by ourselves and go up to him. It's impossible to do that. But he came to us. It's, it's, it's the greatest message I know. No matter how much thrust you put on your life, you can't work your way out of the gravitational pull of sin. Yes. You cannot good deed yourself out of the yeah. gravitational pull. It's not a strong enough fuel to get you into God's presence. Mm -hmm. The only thing that gets you in is the fact that he broke the power of gravity, came down to earth, paid the price for us so we yeah. could uh, find And he gave us peace. his word and his spirit to lift us up. Yeah. Thank you guys for using your gifts and your intellect to help wake up people's spiritual life. Uh, I never thought that just from a simple thing like gravity, uh, my eyes could be open to the things of God like this. And I'm praying that everyone today connects the dots and says, gravity makes me believe there is a God. <laughs>